Skin Nerd podcast, a skin enthusiast dream or a nosy Parker's delight as we delve into human skincare cabinets one product at a time. Today, I'm speaking with Nicola Connolly, founder of Nunaya Skincare, a brand centered on the ritual of taking care of yourself and inspired by her work with remote communities across the world. Hello, and how are you? Hi, Jen, how are you doing? You found Nerd HQ AOK. I did, yeah, it's gorgeous to be here, and it's such a beautiful place. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is pretty. Yeah. It has, the, it has the right vibe. I think the vibe kind of suits your brand. It does. It's very natural when you yeah. walk in. It's all wooden stone. It's, yeah, definitely. We can have skin <laughs> I'd love <HQ>. to move <laughs> in. <laughs> I suppose my goal for bringing you on, I'm really excited to have you here. We had Melanie Morris on a couple of weeks ago for the podcast. One of my favorite podcasts that we've done to date. And at the end, she's like, you have to have Nicole on because your story is just so different to the norm in a skincare sector. You had such a phenomenal career prior. You took a break insofar as that you weren't immersing yourself in the hecticness that we've all become accustomed to being our norm you seem to immerse yourself in phenomenal communities that taught you a lot that you've now brought into a product so my difficulty and people always call skin ingredients skin ingredients and it frustrates the life out of me but I always pronounce your brand wrong so what do, do you find that people pronounce it wrong regularly or is it just I? No I think it's an it's a, because it's kind of an unusual sound in English so the brand is called Nunaya yes um, and I think it takes once people hear it once they have it okay um, and but I think because it's a different type of um sound phonetically than what um, we're accustomed to it, yeah exactly yeah because it's actually a word um it's a mix of two different words from the Quechua language in the Andes which is okay. one of the places that I spent a lot of time in Peru so my goal is to get a little bit under your skin so I want to learn a little bit about why you started what kind of caused you to move abroad then what brought you back and then I'm going to ask you a little bit about your skin and the product itself of course so can I start with your why like what where if I rewind like what was your background what was your speciality prior to moving abroad so I guess I before I moved abroad I was still very young um skin looks 12 um I moved I, I left college I studied um literature and languages um and I wasn't completely sure what I wanted to do and um, so I ended up working in uh, Ryanair in their marketing department so I started off my career in marketing and in PR I suppose essentially um, and that was my initial couple of years was very fast-paced I could say it must have been crazy absolutely crazy of all the of all the industries in the world but ultimately then as a brand it's such a fast-paced day to day like it's just it's yeah. a lot overwhelming to watch from the outside so I can only imagine if you're in the hub of it exactly and I was flying you know five or six times a week all around Europe and looking after I was looking after particularly the, the marketing in Spain um so I was flying all over the place really intense high responsibility um learning a huge amount and really exciting you know yes. especially when you're young and it's sort of all new yeah you're um, hungry for it yeah you're really hungry for it but I ultimately just knew that it wasn't right for me um, and I think over over the years I kind of started to get a little bit tired and I think I just had that you know that feeling when you're in, in the pit of your stomach when you just know that something's not quite right right yeah and I think the exotic part is when you're telling people you're flying a lot people are ooh and ah because they often equate flying with holidays and fun times and relaxation whereas actually <laughs> it was extending the length of your day ultimately yeah and you'd be on the plane at six and then you, you might be taking three flights in a day and you're not getting off the plane until it's 11 at night and you're exhausted of course you know emotionally yeah. physically yeah exactly everything yeah yeah so <laughs> it came to a stage where you knew that this was not the right avenue for you and then was it that you were contemplating even marketing and pure and that world or was it no I need to actually 
learn who I am and what do I want definitely the second I think um so it was it was just a, a deep call all I can say is just this big feeling of I need to leave Ireland um, and I need to I was called to visit islands around the world that I'd always dreamed of so I had this call to go for and I set up I set off initially to go for a six-month trip around the world on my own and um, visiting all of these places that I had dreamed of so kind of quite remote places um can I ask a question yeah friends and family must have thought you were crazy when you go on your own I think people often have this fear for you don't they did that reside inside or were you just calm it was a mission you knew you had to go I I had no fear I just knew this was what I this was my next step even though I wasn't sure what was coming after yeah um I think everyone around me was terrified and I imagine when you set off as well because I know you spent some time in Australia not quite the same as remote islands but yes with Matthew I suppose he was quite young at the time people were definitely unsure and I think it's because it's not the norm and uh, somebody that I work with quite closely is now living in Spain for quite a period of time and like that he has young children and everyone is kind of baffled as to why he'd even contemplate leaving <laughs> because we're kind of programmed to this is what you do this is yes. where you go this is your next step so your next step wasn't what people seemed to be the norm but obviously it was the norm for what you felt inside exactly and it, and it was I think probably the best decision I ever made because it opened just a whole new world to me mm-hmm. Um, and just help me to just kind of, I suppose, discover who I am and also just what I wanted to do with my own life. Um, and I think I've always, I think what I've been really lucky about is I have amazing parents who always were instilling in me, you know, you can do anything you want and you can be or do, go wherever you want. And um, so that kind of belief of confidence that I could do it. So talk me through the six months then. So that was the initial plan, backpack, off you go. Yeah. A certain amount of money in the bank account not really knowing what you're going to see at each stage I presume so there must be overwhelming excitement and curiosity inside yeah and I mean there definitely was and I think the, the goal really was to get to South America because that had been somewhere that I just had been dreaming of since I was a child and one of the places I saw a documentary on the Galapagos Islands uh, which are owned by Ecuador when I was 11 and that was like my dream destination. oh wow that young okay yeah so the word calling really does ring right then yeah and it was that was like my dream place I wanted to visit and it was the last place on my itinerary so I I mean I I kind of jumped over to uh, Fiji and I went to Australia I did some of the island like Tasmania and New Zealand and then French Polynesia Tahiti some of those beautiful islands there that I really wanted to visit Easter Island which was another one that I had been dreaming about since I was really young you know to go and visit the stone Moai statues Um, and then the Galapagos was my last stop and I just remember pulling up on the boat I hadn't even set foot on this one island and the boat pulled up and there was little baby penguins in the water next to me it was turquoise blue seas and again just this feeling of I can't leave I have to stay um how many months into the trip were you at that stage I was six months into the trip right so this was supposed to be your last this was the end of the trip and I was due to fly home and do my master's okay um so I got on the phone to my mom I said mom I'm not coming back I'm staying and I ended up spending, spending spending four and a half years out on the Galapagos Islands living there. Um, and then from there, it just, you know, one project leads, leads to another and you explore new avenues. Like life, you know, it takes you down different paths. And it just opened this whole new, um, I suppose, life journey, which is very different because I'm from Dublin originally. Um, and I think the path here is usually maybe a little bit more traditional where you, you kind of follow a certain I suppose path and this was very different I suppose and um, but just perfectly right for me so you stepped off the boat into what sounds like spectacular scenery to be honest I don't know how you came home at all um, <laughs> but what like what was your day-to-day like how did you like you say like you lived with and you immersed yourself in this community first of yeah. all what was the community like what was their norm 
And then what was your role within it? So there, this was a really small, it was, it's a large island, but a small population. So there's 4,000 people living on this one island. Um, and it was mainly a fishing village. So they were fishermen. And then they were starting to look at developing a little bit of ecotourism. And I had, I have always been passionate about sustainability and particularly ecotourism. Um, so they were looking to try and develop, I suppose, new ways of making money, improving their own quality of life. Um, and also, I suppose, learning more about how they could use the natural resources they have, because this is an incredibly pristine environment with amazing plants and ecosystems. So my job was to help them um, basically develop ecotourism for the island. Uh, so all of the skills and the knowledge I had in Ryanair. I was going to say you can utilize those in a totally different format for something that truly helps people in their day to day. Yeah. And that I was passionate about. And that was amazing because you could just build, you know, you could create an incredible tourism model where locals benefit, not, um, you know, big foreign cor- corporations, but actually local people can set up little hotels, their restaurants, and you, you help them to pull together their businesses and then market that to a tourist that's interested in that product. So within four and a half years, you must have seen someone that you met on what, week two, week three, and then four and a half years later, they are a different version of themselves because they've built something or have they had a business by the end or what was achieved within that time when yeah I mean I think obviously visitor a huge amount was achieved and a lot of things I suppose in a way changed on the island because they were it was the first island to develop this model of tourism so it was very new uh, for the Galapagos so that was really exciting to be part of something that was brand new and because typically people go on cruises and stay on cruise boats on the islands um, so being part of that, obviously increasing the visitor numbers, but also apart from that was the quality of life. So people had a little bit more money. So people were able to educate their children. They were able to send them on to university where a lot of them wouldn't have gone on to university. Where would they go to university? They would have to fly back to the mainland and live right. on the mainland. So it was obviously quite expensive. Um, and then also a huge amount of the work I did was with women's groups, which is something that I'm really passionate about because... Um, a lot of the time the women didn't have any independence. And I think this is something that I'm, I'm hugely passionate about because all the research shows that if you give a woman the means to become independent uh, financially, the benefit for her family and the wider community is much bigger than if you give that to the man in the family, which is fascinating. Is it because we're, we tend to be by nature a little bit less selfless so we're trying to look after ourselves but a wider community, whereas a man, given that same, I suppose, equipment or funding or whatever it might be, would maybe look after themselves on their own is that the reason is more of a ripple effect with the woman or I think so yeah it's like that that ripple effect I think yeah and, and I think it's to do with the fact that we're more nurturers and um, so we try to nurture so with the money I think perhaps or the training maybe I, and I don't want yeah but I think it's that nurturing kind of idea where we do tend to look after ourselves more and typically the woman is the one who makes the decisions around education or health or how the budget's spent in the home true um so that goes across the world across the world yeah Yeah. um so if you give her that independence and she can actually manage that budget it's spent maybe more wisely where was the money coming from and so the money was coming from so for example one group of women were developing um food products from um, different plants and from some of the fish from the sea um, so they were creating a business for themselves that was made there was eight or nine women in the group and they were creating these amazing uh, fish pâtés for example that they were then selling to the cruise boats so it's micro business but it's really helping them to improve their lives 100% you were there for four and a half years yeah. can you tell me three things that you learned that we wouldn't know back here in Dublin Ireland or wherever people might be listening across Europe 
three things I suppose a hundred things a hundred things yeah. <laughs> but I suppose it, it, you're right it's so vastly different to what is our norms so yeah I can't picture it I can't imagine what it looked like yeah what it felt like or what the three key learnings that you must have taken with you so yeah it's not about finance it's I don't I don't know I, I think the main I think the biggest learning from that because it's such a it's such a special place it's so protected the wildlife is incredible. The ecosystem is incredible. So I think the biggest thing I took away was the importance of balance with nature and the importance for us to look after that um, and that we're not any better or more important than an iguana on the beach or, you know, a bird on the, up in the tree. We're all completely equal and we all need each other. And it's an all it's an integral system, um, if you like, and that that is the one thing that we have to protect and look after today. Would you see it as a responsibility then? So humans shouldn't act as humans and as if we have no other responsibility to any other creature, but ultimately we are all, as you say, part of a chain, part of a jigsaw puzzle. We have responsibility to mind each other. Completely. And I think we, I think we're global. I think, I mean, we are humans. So, you know, we are different in terms of the, the food chain, if you like, but I think we are a global community. So we need to start looking after not just ourselves as humans, but also other humans in different places around the world. Because the decisions we make here and how we buy and the waste we produce affects places of, you know, that could be hundreds of thousands of miles away. I think that's the part, to be frank, that I often don't think about. And when I talk particularly in skincare, or I definitely don't think about it to the level that you're discussing. So I think people often ask, are products tested on animals or what's your recycling ethos or are you sustainable? And it's become a really popular conversation of late. And talking to other people in different sectors, people that are in business are often frustrated by it because they see it as an obligation now that they must adhere to. But what you're saying, it actually starts off at the beginning. It's actually seeing us all as even equals responsibility. And then that would make sense that we all have a part to play in how we watch the world grow, change and evolve and that we don't have a negative impact on that. Whereas I think it's been seen as a tick the box, oh, I'm recyclable or, or I'm sustainable or... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's completely. kind of missing the point of as to why we should be doing Why do you not test animals? Well, not because it's marketing-led and we understand yeah. that people are why because of it. It's actually because it's something that you hold, not even hold dear necessarily, but just you have a responsibility as a human to play a part in this. Exactly. And even if you look at something like skincare, if you look at the ingredients in skincare, I mean, where are they coming from? They're coming from the earth, you know, so we depend on our natural resources for survival, you know, True. same our air, our clean water. We can't go, we can't, can't go on Amazon and buy that. Um, and this is stuff we if need. If they could sell that, though, to be honest, like, I think they would. Yeah. <laughs> your plan. Well, they used to say years ago that you wouldn't buy bottled water. Yeah, that's you know? true. And you can buy in America. I always get, I don't know why this always comes up in conversation, but you can buy pieces of soil from Ireland or different parts of the world. So if you're being buried, that you can be buried with your home soil. So it's four and a half years now. Where do you go next? So I um, felt it was time for a change. Uh, I think I had been, I was sort of, kind of late well I was about 28 at the time and I kind of felt it was, I was ready for a change so I did I did two things one was I um decided I had been working very much grassroots so I'd been working with local communities um and learning a huge amount about how things work on the ground but I also kind of had a bigger vision so if I wanted to affect change or to really make a difference I needed to understand how the world worked on a bigger scale so I actually um I took nine months out and I came back and I did an MBA um, to really get an understanding of the business world and how that worked and how I could actually, is there a way you could make bigger change with those tools? In, so you came back to Ireland? Came back to Ireland, yeah. That must have been an absolute, I know you were on a mission, 
but wow, what a culture shock to have left. Yeah. <laughs> and it had such an impact and to see it affect people's lives at the, at the truth and sword and then to come back to live here. How did you find that as a human? I find that really tough. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, you know, you go in on the first day and everyone's telling their kind of stories and you've a lot. And there was a, it was an amazing class and it was amazing course. But um, people, you know, it's very corporate, it's very financial. People were looking at getting into trading or the finance world. And, you know, I had just come off the beach in the Galapagos and, you know, had just been creating a project with fishermen. Um, so How do people react to that? I think well I think well I think I always think diversity is what makes us interesting and I think it's always interesting to have a mix of people with completely different outlooks um, I would imagine from the outside this might get me in trouble but I'd imagine people that are on that mission as you say if they're in the trade world or the finance world that they might have looked to you thinking holy gosh what is it you know it's it's a total disconnect isn't it yeah so it's just an ignorance I suppose that because we're not aware of your mission is on a bigger mission than maybe someone who's in a corporate world is kind of on a shorter term mission with a view to making millions or selling on or it's it's I just mean to read I'd love to put a fly on the wall to look and see how they perceived how they reacted and acted with you because it's it's a total it's just it's just light years ahead of where we're at a lot of the time yeah well, and I'm sure quite a few thought I was a kind of a, a mad hippie as well <laughs> in there yeah. <laughs> And so, and then from that, I um, decided that I wanted to um, change kind of where I was living and what I was doing. So I moved to mainland Ecuador um, and I started spending time in the Amazon uh, rainforest and in um, with different communities along the coast. And I was doing the same work. So I was helping them to develop businesses. Um, and basically this involved looking at their natural resources. So what did they have literally growing around them? Um, what kind of plants, what kind of attractions could you develop um, a product, you know, for example, um, and then helping them to try and develop that in a way that would appeal to the Western market so that they could then sell it internationally. And so started working uh, really deep in the Amazon and started, I suppose, really learning about plants. And I think the first, my first experience with, this is really where the interest in skincare came from. We were in the jungle and I was helping a group of women. There was maybe eight or 10 of them and they're sitting on the mud floor of their hut and they're making soaps um, with all the plants that they have around them. And one of the women takes me outside and she has this big machete, which is, you know, a big knife. And she goes out and there's a big tree outside and she hacks into the tree and holds up a little container and starts collecting this liquid. Okay. Um, which is called Dragon's Blood. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have. I yeah. actually have. I didn't realise. Okay, very good. Yeah. And this is good. This goes back way. I mean, because now it's quite kind of a common ingredient. Um, this 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 has gone back, you know, a good probably eight or ten years. And um, she took this out and she was like, this is our key ingredient in soap and this is going to heal wounds. It heals any infection, any bacteria on the skin, etc. And I did, it just blew my mind. It was one of those moments where I was like, this is amazing. Um. And then I think that just led into a whole new love for plants um, and learning about how... The impact it can have. It's almost medicinal properties. And I suppose if you can't run to a local pharmacy to pick up a product, you have to lean on what you have. But nature's been so kind to us for so many years, for for centuries, for thousands of years. I suppose that that's what they were still immersing themselves in, or that was their norm, where we've become accustomed to buying a product that smells beautiful, perhaps but maybe less about the per- the product itself or the ingredient within it. Whereas I love hearing that she said, this is the key ingredient inside. This is what makes the difference and this is what it does. Yeah, And you're completely right. I mean, that's their pharmacy. Yeah. You know, 
if they cut themselves or and it's amazing because uh, we I brought one of these in it's um it looks like if you if you can picture a star anise it looks like star anise it's a totally different family of plant um but it's I suppose like a, a star shaped I suppose not if you can imagine yes um and that is grows right in the middle of the rainforest and this is a plant that's I mean it See, nature is incredible. And um, this is plant that when they go out into the Amazon and they'll go hunting or they're foraging for food and they might cut themselves. So when they come back, they'll open that piece that you just cracked there. So I can crack this open? You can crack it open. It's kind of hard. It's hard, yeah. yeah. Hard. So you obviously need a tool of some form. You need a tool, yeah. You need like a, like a nutcracker, yeah, basically. Fair. And there's a black kind of seed inside it. I can see the seed. Can you? It's like when you're a child of Chris, you're like, there's the present, I have to open the wrapping. Okay, so this is the seed is actually where the ingredient is. Yeah, inside. So you crack open that and then there's an active, so they grind it into like a flour, mix it with water and they apply a paste, like a mask to their skin. So if they cut their hand, they'll apply that mask. And the property of this plant is got, it's got, um, it's natural retinol based basically. Um, and it boosts the keratinocyte production in the skin and it causes the skin to knit back together. So it heals the wound. Wow. Um, and that's just one plant. I mean, they have millions of plants. And what's amazing is that we haven't heard of most of them. Uh, and I think that's what I became fascinated about was studying, you know, how can we learn about these plants? What other, how do they work? Because they've been using them for thousands of years. Um, and I always believe, you know, things have stood the test of time. There's a reason. Absolutely. So you were living in the community. This was becoming a focus of yours. Were you just becoming a really frustrating person to be alongside, like asking thousands of questions? How did your, like, was your curiosity just growing and growing and growing? And I suppose hearing about people hurting themselves and using this then to how you heal it, is that how your knowledge started to grow so yeah so I think I this was this was I was still in Ecuador at this point so I was starting to learn about you know I was working with these projects first of all so I was learning about all of the properties as part of the project because it's quite a scientific process to develop a product um, and to look at all the different benefits and you do a lot of a lab analysis as well and so it was learning that side of things and then I moved to Peru um, so I was studying kind of on a, for work, learning about plants, moved to Peru, and then I um, became completely immersed in study. I started, I basically started apprenticing with local medicine people. How do you even, and this is the part, like, so, because it just sounds stunning, how do you even know who to approach? Or how do you, you know what I mean? Like, say, for example, you're around in Ireland, you want to work a particular job, you kind of know the process, you apply for yeah. a job, there's an interview, you go, you wear your suit, you shake your hand, you sit down, you hope to get it. With this, how do you meet these people? How yeah. are they even in your world? Um, I think, you. well, no, I moved to Peru, but I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing in Peru. Um, all I, I knew... strategy. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. And I knew that, I think what I knew was that I didn't, so I had been working with communities, but it was, ba- it's, I mean, I suppose it's what it's called international development work. So you're working funded by you know, the Spanish government or the US government fund your projects. So I had grown a little disillusioned about that model because I felt that um, consultants, who I, of which I was one at the time, were earning a lot of money for these projects, but the benefits weren't, I didn't think were very sustainable long-term for the local communities. Right. So I wanted to try and work, and that was one of the reasons I did the MBA, was to work out, okay, how can I make a bigger, how can I have a bigger impact? On them as opposed to me and my learnings and an individual. Yeah, um, exactly. So then I, I wanted to switch kind of tasks. So I got to Peru, didn't know really what I was wanting to do next, um, 
and I, I think the universe looks after you when you have a, a strong intention. And I, a week later, bumped into a lady who became my, I suppose, my teacher Mentor. and my um, teacher all about herbalism. And then I really delved into studying and learning about the plants, properties, the chemistry behind them, how they work. And then the product was born. Did you formulate it over there? Was it... Like, how did it turn into a product that, for example, I said to you before we came on, I went for a beautiful brunch with my mom yesterday in Avoca. There's your product sitting there. Yeah. There's a beautiful girl at the counter telling me everything she possibly can about it. And I'm just in love. And <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell her I was going to see you tomorrow. And I knew a little bit about it already. So I suppose, where did that transition start to come into play? Because at this stage, it goes out saying, you know, you had, you had the foundation. You knew what you wanted. You were learning so much. You had witness it in the wild if you will as to how people use these ingredients to the best of their advantage and we're healing their skin so yep. where is the bridge then how did this so I, I think there was two there, there was two things the first was i was living up in the andes and i was living at um, three thousand meters so really high altitude and what that means for your skin is that it's extremely dry like there's no moisture practically in the atmosphere right. Um, and you're uh, and you're also very close to the equator, so the sun is incredibly strong. And because you're up so high, you're closer to the sun, so it's hugely um, a lot of pressure on the skin. A lot of pressure, really harsh environment. And I was noticing my skin was just really dry, like it was. I was like a prune. What are you genetically? Are you dry or oily? Dry, dry. So Would have been dry. Right predisposition, and then this environmental factor and lifestyle factor was adding to it. It was like prune. Type dry. Lovely. It doesn't look prune today, so tell me the secret. Yeah, yeah I, never, I suppose that's the reality where you live in the world will ultimately affect your skin regardless. So you ultimately put yourself into a scenario that's the, I suppose, the most extreme, one of the most extreme you could possibly come across. So exactly. Were you aware of pigmentation being a concept, so dryness, compromise, stratum corneum, like there must have been plenty of possibilities of skin concerns that you could wake up with at any given moment. I mean, definitely, completely. And I think the, the, the thing I struggled with the most was that, you know, they have amazing fruits, vegetables. I mean, superfoods come from the Amazon and the Andes region. I mean, that's their home. So there was all of these amazing ingredients, but you couldn't find any natural products that actually worked. Do you all, mean topical, like a cleanser? A cleanser or a okay. moisturizer. So what do people use? How did they... The locals, locals use plants. Um, I think they have a different type of skin to us as well. So they adapt better to that environment right. because, I mean, genetically they've adapted to the environment. Um, and then you could buy brands. If you went to some of the cities, you could buy like the really chemical driven brands. Right. Um, I mean, you could find things like Neutrogena or, you know. Yeah, those. your normal mass market. Yeah, exactly. Supermarket type skin care. Yeah. yeah. But I had switched, like I switched over to all organic about 18 years ago and all natural products. So I, that's just my preference and I couldn't find them. Um, so I think that was a big driver because I was falling in love with all of these plants and then seeing how the locals use them to heal skin and look after themselves. Um, and that, I think, was a big driver for creating Nunaya. So talk me through that process. So what is yeah. in this beautiful wonder? So can I just explain for those that can't obviously see, which is everybody <laughs> you have the most stunning packaging. So there, it's almost like, a, I would describe it like a book, isn't it? Because you could, oh, yeah. it's like a pre, it's an absolute present to yourself. And then inside you have a jar of goodness. So can you talk me through Yeah. How did you decide which ingredients to put inside? Yeah. Because you must, you've had exposure to so many at this stage. To condense it, did you feel like you were leaving out, were you cheating on other ingredients? How did you decide the concoction? So I think the, 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 conco so the way we work and the way we formulate, which is probably the complete opposite to the way most brands formulate in the industry, is we start with plants. 
So we look at, uh, you know, so let's say a skin concern. So this product is designed for normal, more dry skin. Um, so we took dry skin and then we, and I suppose I created this for myself. You know, if I'm totally So it's for anyone who suffers from kind of dry skin or tightness on, uh, you know, in, in the skin. Can um, I just interrupt before, in case someone starts to tune off? I would have really oily skin by nature. Yeah. I still lean on it. Yeah. So I, I think it's about maybe how often you use it. So yeah, predominantly for that skin, but I still would definitely comfortably advocate that two to three times a week is sufficient for someone with oily skin. Exactly. It's and not people, a don't listen now. It's not for you. Definitely can be for you. It, no, definitely. And a lot of people are using it and they might just avoid the, the T-zone and they'll put it on the forehead and the cheeks. Um, and it actually helps them to balance out the sebum in their skin. Oh, clever. Okay, yeah. So it's a long-term. Okay. So, yeah. So anyway, so going so back to how we plants. pick them, we start with the plants and we looked out at the plants because we wanted to, with this product, we wanted to do two, three, three things. The first was to deep moisturization. And uh, we wanted to look at protecting the skin. So from the free radicals, uh, you know, the blue light, the UV, all of that. And then we also, the third function was to help the skin to regenerate um, and to kind of renew. So Three pretty noble and desirable functions. So yes, I agree completely. When you say that it's unusual to look at plants first, do you find that companies that would use plants wouldn't look at that first? Would they look at market research first and then match the ingredients? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think a lot of, I think in, in, the, in the way traditionally skincare companies uh, and maybe i'm talking about the larger companies would work is that they look at a, a trend in the marketplace and um, how they can kind of hit that trend if you like and then most people will go to a manufacturer and say i want to create a, a face cream or a serum and um it's not actually the company that drives the ingredients it's the manufacturer that will come back and say okay this is your ingredient this, this is going to be your ingredient list um and it's generally a white label solution where they alter one or two ingredients and it becomes your brand ingredients yeah no, I agree I think for me when we created the ingredients I was offended when people started telling me that the ingredients I were I was choosing were going to be trending in the next year or so and somebody that works on the team <laughs> nerd with me was delighted because her job was more analytics and yeah I'm like no that's not that's not what we're supposed to be because you're right I suppose by and large it's not people that always care about skin or ingredients as the core it's people that are looking at well what will actually sell so it's a reverse engineering of it so I love yeah. your story I'm biased because we're similar yeah. so you looked at the plants so I cut you across so yeah so we started by looking at the, the plants and I think every the thing about it is we have a really small ingredient list we have 11 ingredients it's 100% natural and this product is 99.5% certified organic so it's one of the highest certified organic products on the market in Europe. Congratulations, that's an achievement in itself. Big achievement for us. <laughs> um, but we look at each of the plants and the function. So we kind of, I suppose, if you like, we, you know, we put out our three top things, which is the moisture, the protection and, and the regeneration. And then what plants we want to use to, to fit into that. So, yes, we had to kind of discard a lot of ingredients that we wanted to put in um, because I think you don't need to fill a product with 30 ingredients for it to work. And it's more about the concentrations of the ingredients that you're using um, and are active. So particularly that Satcha Inchi nut that I just showed you, the maracuja, um, our chia extract as well, are, are I suppose our signature ingredients and um, that we source directly from our growers. And at the, I suppose, the most potent concentrations, the results you get are just amazing on the skin. And I think that's, I think it's one of our big um, strengths is the potency and the quality of the ingredients that we're using. Where are they made? The, the product. The product. We, may, we manufacture here in Ireland. So do you source the raw ingredient, like you're saying, your core four, if you will, I'm going to use yeah. our words, sorry, but like your key ingredients, and yeah. then you bring those in and then they're, I suppose, compiled or 
formulated here yeah exactly so we work we work really closely with um different communities in the amazon um and up in the andes so our chia comes from the andes and our sacha inchi and the maracuja comes from the rainforest and we know the growers so we um and this is past due to my work in the past of working with communities i just love that i mean i'm passionate about going in and meeting them i want to understand the soil where the plant is grown I want to see it. I want to know that it's really healthy. I want to know it grows in a farm where it's not a monoculture and where I can see that they have papaya growing, they have cacao trees. You know, it's, it's a diversified um, source of income for them as well because that protects them if a crop fails. Um, and I want to be able to see that they are these, because I mean, these are incredible growers that just have, they just love the earth, you know. Um, and I, for me, it's important to know that that's where our products are coming from because they're harvested at a particular time. So they're at their most potent um, and the love that goes into it. So they're all hand harvested as well. From a, I suppose, a, a strategy or from a future perspective, how will you scale it? Or do you want to grow it? Or is it because there's such a beautiful story to it and because everything, as you say, is is chosen for a specific reason? Does that limit the capabilities to export or to grow your doors that you're going to be in? Like, i.e., will it be harder for somebody listening to get their hands on it? No, I mean, no, I think I think one of the things we've tried to do is to, to we've spent a lot of time on the strategy and the preparation. So we were, I suppose, I mean, obviously developing the products has been years in the making, but the actual business strategy before we launched was a good two years of trying to make sure that we had everything in place. And, and as you know yourself, you know, with skin ingredients, you never know. Um, <laughs> so you try and predict and manage, et cetera. But I, I, I think we have a really good structure in place where we can scale up. Um, these are small farmer growers, but they're very organized and they have a great structure in place so we can get access to those ingredients and, and scale it up. Um, and, I, and I believe that by growing and being able to, sh- you know, sell in, in more stores and to more people that you're actually spreading this message yeah um, agree completely yeah seasonality though are you affected with when the product when the ingredients can be grown or the plants are at their peak or the potency is the highest or how do you manage that so yeah you do with with plants you do have obviously seasons and seasonality about like for example we use lavender in our one of our plants and that's harvested but you know july to august and that's it for the year and um, but luckily with the rainforest and this was one of the things i learned when i was living there there is no seasons there is a season, there's a summer and a winter, but oh, wow. okay. things grow permanently. Okay, yeah. right. There's been so much, obviously, talk about the Amazon of yeah. the last few months that must have really hit hard with you on a personal level. Um, I think a lot of people obviously turned a blind eye to it. It wasn't even discussed when there was just the rampant fires. Hey, yeah. How do you feel about it? How did it affect you? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've never spent time in the Brazilian part of, of the Amazon. That's where the fires were. And obviously they have a lot of the, the politics there are, are allowing, um, which luckily isn't the case in Ecuador and Peru at the moment. But, you know, I was working, I didn't work as much with logging. I worked on a couple of projects with communities where um, oil companies were coming in and clearing the land um, to extract oil. And I think by creating projects like this, where you give local communities an alternative source of income, they won't sell their land. So there's less of a chance that you're actually contributing to alleviating that problem and actually protecting this. Because, I mean, they call the Amazon the lungs of of the world. And it's not just that. But if you look at our pharmaceuticals and all of the drugs we're taking, you know, 33% come from the Amazon initially. Yes, everybody needs to take note for various different reasons. I think... I think what's noble and what I love about you is that your story comes from heart and from soul and from passion as opposed to a margin or a commercial or I know you say the word strategy and I've no doubt there's a strategy there we have to we're running a business but yeah. I think it comes with a story behind it that's rare and beautiful to see 
with your own skin, I presume this is part and parcel. Is there, are you select with the other products that you couple around? You said that you started using natural skincare 18 years ago. Yeah. So I, yeah, definitely. I have some brands and I know you'd ask, you know, what are your favorite sort of go-tos, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us um, what's in your bathroom press. My bathroom press <laughs> is a, it's very simple. I am definitely more about a, a more simplistic approach. Um, so in terms of what I use, I cleanse. I um I generally tend to use oil balm cleansers or cleansing oils and then I use um cleansing waters. Um I'm using a great one at the moment actually it's colloidal silver and rose water oh, cleanser. Okay. Yeah, by a French brand, which is lovely. Um You must be so particular because as you said, like your, your product is so highly certified organic. So do you look for brands that are in alignment with that? Do you read the inky list immediately, i.e. the ingredient list and kind of judge if it's for you or for not, if it's natural content how yeah so I like you I immediately I don't look at the package package I turn it around yeah. and I look at the ingredient list and um, I love brands that mention what the ingredients are in English next to this scientific name because I think that's being kind of transparent yes so it always helps you kind of understand particularly if it's a newer ingredient that you mightn't have heard of before and um, but go straight to the inky list at the back um, and it, it is a marketing world with skincare unfortunately so I think that's the best way that you can tell and I'm always looking for certification so I want to see if it's um organic certified for example or if it's natural um how hard was it for you to get the organic certification uh, I think to be honest I mean, it's a very it's a, it's a kind of an onerous process and we get audited every six months they come from paris to visit us and uh, audit us and um, so it's a lot it's a big it's an in-depth process it adds a lot of paperwork it adds a lot of cost and it's time i think it's worth it completely i think it, it wasn't as difficult for us to get because that's part of our ethos so everything was genuinely in line with it in line with tweaking it to get it exactly we weren't reverse engineering yes. which i think is probably ensure. harder yeah oh yeah <laughs> can you imagine creative formulation and having to do it? no i suppose you're right it's part of your brand message and everything you represent and stand for yeah but it does impact then your formulations because your, your product development because it t- that takes longer because if you're trying to get a product to work like a traditional product uh, let's say a cleansing product and you want it to foam up like an, a traditional product would, it, the formulation process takes longer um, because you, you are limited, more limited in the choices you can use um, because there's still more choice available in chemicals or synthetic ingredients. Than there are natural. Yeah. What does the word natural mean to you? Because it's a question that's asked of me quite a lot. Yeah. What is natural skincare? Well, I think natural skincare is skincare that comes from nature. So that could be uh, plant oils, it can be butters, um, it could be things like beeswax, it could be lanolin, from which is taken from the her- the sheep's wool. Um, but effectively, natural skincare is anything that comes from nature. From nature itself. Yeah. And do you have a process of somebody said that their product was from nature, but it had like three different versions of it? Because how direct from nature does it need to be? That's always my question. So, for example, some people would say salicylic acid is from nature because it's a derivative of so is that natural or not and this is where I find natural and organic harder conversations to have because there's no set there's no um I don't know like there's no limitations to what you can market or advertise you can say you are but be far from it from it yeah and I think that's I think that's what's really confusing because you can put it on your box that you're a natural product and you might have one percent you might use one oil at one percent concentration and everything else is, is is synthetic um, and I think that is really, really confusing. And I think when you drill into ingredients, particularly ingredients that are extracts from other ingredients like salicylic acid, for example, or even if you look at some of the, um, you know, the retinols or, you know, some of the algae seaweeds that are used, you need to look, you need to go deeper than just the salicylic acid and actually go right back and trace how is that 
sourced and the process involved because a lot of the times they'll use chemicals to extract it. So it, it might be a natural ingredient, but it's... The process in which it was taken might not be the word natural at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard. I find it confusing, to be fair. Like, yeah. I find it a minefield, and it's really only since I started uh, the Skin Ingredients Project over two and a half years ago that I really started to understand it deeper. We had to be a responsibility to yeah. part of that didn't really need to know a lot about yeah. it, to be honest. And now I can only emphasize with the end user because if I'm confused and I live in this world, like day in, day out, my whole life is it. Yeah. I can only imagine how confusing and dissolution that must be to see this word within the package you buy in full faith that you're buying something that is, as you say, natural, but yeah. ultimately it's not. We're both in agreement that it's really tough to know what's natural, what's yeah. not. So there's no doubt that you're obviously particular what you put on your own face. So there's going to be lots of people really curious as to what that is. So you're cleansing at the moment. Then yeah. talk me through after that. Um, yeah, so my morning routine is kind of more simple. So morning routine is usually I'm using this beautiful colloidal silver rose cleansing water. And that's by a French brand called Bully. Um, B-U-L-Y. Yeah, um, so that's beautiful. And then after that, I um, I love face oil, face oils. So I'm a big fan of, of face oils. So at the moment, I'm not using serum. I'm just using really hydrating face oils. So I'm putting on my Nourishing Radiant Serum after that. Um, and then at night time, it's again, it's it's simple. I'm cleansing with cleansing balm. Um, I love Neil's Yard, some of their eye creams. I like their frankincense eye cream. It's lovely. Um, Do you find it pungent near the eye, though? Do you which pungent do you like the smell or the aroma near the eye Does i don't find it has any yeah, scent okay. Okay. do you find it has a strong scent i don't have a sense of smell so i'm the worst person to ask i have a little sense of smell but some those products definitely i'm aware of them i think i feel a sensation so i always presume that there is a scent involved okay oh, interesting yeah. frankincense well, you'll know better than i but that's one of the well we go back to the biblical times it's one of the age old isn't it that has and what I would say anti-aging firming toning is that the main benefit exactly yeah yeah so you use a similar regime morning and night yes and do you have like time to yourself is it self-care is there kind of a ritual involved with it is it is it time out yes so I and I think this is kind of the second reason why I wanted to create Nunaya uh, so one was obviously the plants and, you know, wanting to share that with with the world, I suppose. And then the second part was when I was living over in South America, I was discovering a whole different way of living. And ritual was a really important part of their daily life. So they would bring in rituals um, to keep, I suppose, themselves happy and balanced and, and healthy in their minds. What would they do? So they would do, I mean, things, I mean, this is one that, this is one of my favorite ones. So on the 1st of August every year, they have a special ritual where they say thank you to the earth um, in the Andes. So they literally will offer to the earth their best wine, their best grains, their best veggies. And they have a ceremony to thank the earth for all her abundance, for giving them all the of the food. Exactly. And then on a day-to-day basis, they have rituals like, for example, when they're making herbal tea, if, you know, someone has a sick dust tummy or something and they'll put an intention into the herbal tea. So it's not just the plant, but it's that intention of may this um, tea heal this person's sick tummy, for example. Um, and just many, many different ways where they bring this into their kind of day to day. So it's not just an annual affair. It's every single, it's, it's, a, it's, a part, it's part and parcel of their life. Yeah. And they just felt, I just felt they were a lot more content than we are um, and a lot happier and I suppose calmer. Um, and I'd come back to Ireland, you know, I'd come back once a year to visit and I was just seeing that everyone was so busy and everyone was just feeling so stressed and rushing from one thing to the next that people I think didn't really or, or don't have time to just actually stop and pause. Breathe properly. 
Yeah. And just reconnect with, you know, what's going on and how am I doing? Um, and am I doing what I love in my life? Because I think those are really big, important questions. I do think we have to have an awareness piece to everything that's around us. Can't just be that beautiful project and apply it. But I'm really intrigued to hear that they put like feelings and sentiments or as you say, ritual into the tea. One of my close friends would do that a lot. She'd always kind of bring something with it. She should always bring positivity. So you're passing on more than a cup of tea. It completely. And it's that energy, energetics, like mm-hmm. sharing that side of it. And I think that's what I want to do with Nunaya. Apart from creating a really beautiful product that was really effective, I wanted to create these little moments of connection. Um, and just skincare is a way that a really easy way that we can superpower something that we do every day in our routine. And I know I read your article there the other day about, uh, you know, skincare as well-being. And that's completely my philosophy. So the whole thing about, you know, the book, the way you mentioned about the box, you open it, you unbox it, you slow down, you know, the way you apply the product, it's a dropper, you touch it, you feel it. Um, and then we've built kind of a wellness ritual into the product. So those, whether it's two minutes or five minutes, instead of thinking of your to-do list for tomorrow or kind of in your head, kind of running through your day to day, you actually kind of come back into yourself and you breathe and you just rest. So I never noticed, I never would have made the, the correlation that the box is as it is to slow you down, to force you to take time. I love it. And the dropper again, the same concept, makes perfect sense when you explain it. So you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're about to put the the nourishing radiant serum on what do you do do you breathe differently do you do you talk to yourself differently do you only let positivity into that space for that time how many pumps do you apply yeah talk me through how could we if I wanted to try and carbon copy yeah what as I could what would I do tonight so what you would do tonight is I my the first thing I always try to do is create a space where I'm not going to be disturbed uh it might be hard if you have kids or but I think we can always carve out like five minutes and um, when everyone's really gone to bed yeah if you really want to exactly yeah yeah it's prioritizing yourself which I think I think we've become so accustomed to being martyrs in our own you know busyness that it's brilliant and oh god and how could I but you know you almost feel selfish unfortunately then for taking that time but you don't it's like what you're talking about the ground and you're so um I suppose aware of what the soil is that your 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 plants are growing in if you don't look after yourself and what you're growing in how are you going to ever expect a product it's itself just to have an impact you have to be exactly it's, it's from the roots you have to look after yourself completely first. yeah so, so we so i want to look it. after the communities that grow our products and you my, or my customers like whoever's using the product yeah um so it's that creating that space and actually so it becomes kind of a ritual so that's why nighttime is great you know before you're getting ready to bed you're winding down often people suffer from a lot of sleep problems and this can help kind of just stabilize patterns and and start psychologically to create um you know a pattern in your mind so that when you start this ritual your mind goes i'm getting ready for bed so you can set up a space i always light a candle um, and i just create a space if i'm feeling like music i'll put on some really calming music otherwise i have silence because it's sometimes some of the only time of silence that I have in the day. The day yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's 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 kind of um, steps. So inside on the you open out the book and there's a little um, little bit that talks about the the steps that are involved. But the first one is you know you would breathe. So for we say cleanse your skin first, um, and then you would put a couple three drops on the tips of your fingers. You rub them together so it activates um, the serum and it activates the sense. Um, you hold them to your face. And you do three really deep breaths. So you breathe in and you breathe out. Um, and it's been specifically designed to start to calm the nervous system. 
So you'll start to feel the kind of the, the calm and the, the nervous system. And then it's about sort of to, I in my mind, I talk to myself. So I sort of say, OK, thanks for all your hard work today. <laughs> uh, you deserve these these few minutes. And it's then applying kind of in a really gentle, circular upward movements. Um, and it's really about connecting in. So we rush around every day and oftentimes we're not aware of what's going on in our bodies um, or how we're actually feeling. So by actually touching our face, we can connect and feel, God, my jaw is a bit tight uh, or I feel a bit of tension across my forehead. And you're just really easing out all of those stress. So it's about being gentle with yourself. Um, and then that final step is being thankful. So coming back after you've applied it and it obviously goes into more detail, the steps. Um, and just thanking yourself for taking them in those few minutes because we all deserve it and we deserve to look after ourselves because everyone around us will benefit. I think gratitude has become a large part of people's conversation, isn't it? Yeah. I've had many people contact, it's not my area of expertise at all, but say I might have referred to it in an article like you said. Do you feel that people at the start just feel slightly, and I mean this respectfully, but daft or uncomfortable or unsure as to how to do it because it's not how we're reared you're not told you're told run up the stairs brush your teeth uh, brush your hair right come on out yeah. of the car let's go translate you know that's the kind of your normal conversation so do you feel that people have to just kind of ride a couple of weeks of talking to themselves passing themselves through and genuinely just thanking themselves because you're right we do just always look externally to what's happening as yeah. opposed to well, how, is, how is today actually affecting me inside yesterday for example was mental health awareness day so yeah. i think it's conversations we just have to start having but we have to check in with ourselves first is nobody really going to look after you like you can yourself uh, absolutely absolutely and i think i think as irish people as well we, we're not maybe the most we don't really share emotions or you know we we're quite it's conservative it's, it's great i'm great yeah, it's really good <laughs> it's like falling around a party but it's all it's really brilliant <laughs> it's beautiful on instagram so you do this at night would you do that in the morning or do you kind of uh, allocate that time i allocate the time i do i have different rituals that i bring into my day throughout my day um as a way to help me stay kind of more balanced and feeling like i'm more i'm more productive as a result but i'm also feeling that i'm aligned so when, when i say that i feel like i'm not feeling stressed or you know i feel calmer so in the morning i have a different ritual that doesn't really revolve around skincare so much it's more my prepping for the day ritual okay. um and then i do this skincare at night um and i'm a big fan of baths so i do lots of bath rituals in the evenings as well um, so do you feel it's important to kind of start the day so you have like your prep element or your prime element and then the end of the day is your kind of winding down ceremony in a sense? Exactly. And then do you have trigger points throughout the day that you're quite strict with yourself or is it just as and when the time arises? Yeah, so what I've tried, I mean, we're all busy, right? And I think people listening might be going, my goodness, so she must have loads of free time if she's out of these rituals in. You know, I don't, but I try to find moments. So if I'm going to a meeting and I might be on the bus, that's the ritual moment um, and I'll sit on the bus and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll do it then. Or if I know I have a meeting in the afternoon, I take, you know, 15 minutes and I'll actually sit down and, and meditate um, for 15 minutes. Or if I feel like I'm getting a bit crazy and busy, again, I'll stop myself and I'll take 10 minutes to stop because I'll find then I'll be more productive than if I just try and push through. Um, so I think it's about creating mo what I call moments of connection throughout my day with yourself with myself because often I remember years ago um I created a jigsaw puzzle for friends and it was like a pop quiz because I realized that I knew my friends better than I knew myself they thought I'd lost the plot maybe I had but it's true I could explain like my best friend she's this she's that she does this she's such a kind person but you try to ask yourself do you know yourself often we don't really have true mm. relationships with ourselves which is scary so I think it's, yeah, I think the ritual part is valid. With regards to eating well, is that something that you're strict on and you encourage yourself to do? Do you eat a lot of plant-based food? 
Yeah, so I'll just preface that by saying um, I had a horrific diet until I was about 30. Uh, like fast food queen. Um, even while you're living abroad? Yeah, so I How was... How is that even possible? Where Well, I was in, in villages and I'd be... Not all the time, but obviously yeah. if I was in, you know, villages and you always have someone who's selling... It's like a cork cart on the side of the street. They're like empanadas. Okay, um, I'm giving away all my dirty secrets here. Yeah, but, you know, where's McDonald's? The middle of the Amazon. <laughs> no, there was, so there's no McDonald's, but, you know, like a little someone, a little woman at four o'clock, she'd take out her little cart and she'd... It was like basically a vat of oil and she'd have flour and she'd wrap chunks of cheese in this flour, dip it in the oil and it all puffed up into this gorgeous... Isn't it so interesting how no matter where you go in the world and we're after talking about how healthy it is and yeah. the healability, <laughs> there is still the still. big... Yeah. The, unpro- the processed food element. So, okay, so yeah. your diet wasn't great. So diet, and then it com- completely changed. And now it's, I mean, it's absolutely world apart, uh, worlds apart. So... Um, what was the difference when you change over initially? Such a stark difference. What? I mean, I think you touched on it there. You, talk, you touched about about how we often don't know ourselves and I think I went on a really long journey of over 10 or 12 years of really discovering myself and a big part of that was how I was looking after myself and food obviously is it's our first medicine it's what keeps us alive obviously you yeah. breathing but food is what gives us all those it's nourishment so, yeah um, and I think it's an element of self-respect then that we don't tend to analyze what we're putting into our body and ultimately putting onto our skin and our environment around us is all of those that are the jigsaw puzzles to see, do you respect yourself enough? Do you know your boundaries? Will you kind of stop long enough to actually be you? Yeah. And I think that's why it's kind of a difficult topic. Diet is hard for a lot of people, you know, food and what we're eating because, yeah, def- I agree. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think with diet, though, it is. It's, it, but it's, it's hard, isn't it? Like, I'm totally guilty. If you go downstairs, it's Friday. It's definitely somebody's um, birthday in the office and there'll be sneaky little bits. We're only allowed to have treats on Fridays because obviously the whole company philosophy is that we look after ourselves inside, outside, down on top. Yeah. But then donuts sneak in and you're looking at them and like, oh, God, they're really intriguing. And then I'm thinking about the sugar and the inflammation <laughs> and it's hard. So do you just keep yourself away from it or is the willpower so strong now that you just respect yourself enough to not put it in I think I've learned and I'm you know I'm you know I'm older now as well I think I've learned that how important it is to look after my body and my body is an engine like I wouldn't put um diesel in a petrol car ex- I mean that's the perfect example and I'm the same so if I you don't eat well I feel it in, in my body so I try to I mean we're really lucky um we have two beautiful organic farmers just down the road and I go down to them once a week and I actually pick my own veggies Okay. Um, oh, that is amazing. Amazing. So I have access to incredible vegetables and fruit. Um, and then I try and again set up my day. So I start my day like this morning I get up and I did my juicing. So juicing, I think, is the best thing in the world because you get like I get this morning I had six portions of veggies before I even left the house. Yeah, okay. Do you know? Yeah, you win. I think I've had two. No, I've had a carrot. That's it. <laughs> but, that, but that's why juicing is the best. And then even if the rest of the day goes to the wayside, at least yeah. I feel like I've got a lot of nutrition in. You know, probably sets you up for the day that's like everything. If you exercise in the morning or eat well in the morning, you tend to keep going and commit yeah. through it. You're like, oh, sure, girl, start tomorrow. Yeah. So there is a new product on the horizon. Am I right in saying that? There is. Oh, yes. da, da, da. So by the time this airs, it'll be in around launch time. So yes. can you tell me a little bit about it? Well, it's until we officially launch, it is a little top secret, but it's an absolute, I'm really excited about this one. It's been um, two and a half years in the formulation. Wow. Um, and I guess what I'm really excited about this is because we were talking earlier about natural ingredients. And um, so this, again, it's a 100% natural product um, and it's going to be a cleansing product okay I was I was going to put my bets on cleansing okay yeah. interesting <laughs> 
Um, so it's it's absolutely beautiful. And I think what I'm most passionate about this product is that we've managed to create a formula that actually works. So I think a lot of the time with um, natural cleansers, the, the the difficulty is in, in getting it something that will actually wash off and clean the skin. So the makeup, uh, the eye makeup and actually remove it. So we found this amazing extract. Um, it's an, actually an almond plant that we're using, almond nuts. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. And is it cream, gel, lotion, lightweight, creamy? Are you allowed to tell me anything? It's a bam. It's a bam. It's a bam. And then you said it's a whole, it's a much longer process for you to go through that to, to create it because of the fact that it's organic as well, is it? It's organic. And also, I mean, it was just getting, getting a, a, a cleansing product that would actually work that was it's 87% organic and 100% natural wow. um, and again it's because you still don't have as much variety in terms of um, properties if you want something to like mousse up or foam surfactant, surfactant. surfactant. yeah, yeah. Um, so we found an amazing um, active that we're using from almonds have you been using it yourself for quite yes. a while yes it seems like you put so much work into every single step of what you do like you explained earlier about the ritual of the opening and the dropper every single part is not is not left untouched do you feel that having had the marketing experience at such a high pace is allowing you to bring that communication into what you do now or do you prefer a much more softer communication style with your own brand I, I'm definitely more yeah I think I mean I know I worked in Ryanair but I think I that is the ant- complete antithesis of who I am and what I want from my brand so we're very much about um you know Creating those moments of connection, but doing it really, I definitely take a more gentle approach. If somebody's listening and they've, they've tuned in and they're to walk away from the podcast, how do you describe New Naya? What, what is it at its core? What's the real difference between it and other products on the market? Because bearing in mind yourself and I, you know, you walk into it yeah. anywhere and it's just a, a worldwide web of product. Yeah. How do you love for it to be thought about when they see it sitting on a shelf? Um, I think I suppose if we were to if there's a, like a, a like a tagline or something that we would describe it we we call it I suppose superfood skincare rituals and I'd love people to see it on the shelf and go God that just touches something in me and I know it's gonna obviously give me the amazing skin results um but I know it's gonna bring me a much bigger benefit and not just me personally but I know that when I buy this it's also contributing back into that global community that we all belong to. Thank you so much for your time. I have to ask you, it seems almost contradictory in some senses. I have to ask you our little nerdy batty buzzer questions, but I think I know my answer. So are you ready? Yes. <laughs> um, when was the last time that you used a face wipe? I would imagine from a sustainability perspective, it has never possibly happened. But is it <gasps> something that... Yeah. <laughs> have you used it um, I last used a face wipe. You laugh at this. I uh, when I was very young, I won a competition. One of my prizes was a year's supply of product, wipes. which included enough wipes for I'd say like two years. <laughs> I gave away about most of them, but I still use wipes and for that whole year. So that was back in like nineteen ninety nine. That was okay, the last time. Yeah, so I'll give you what year today. Twenty years uh, ago. Here, we'll, we'll forgive me for that one. The next one that I have is: Do you use SPF every single day? Not every day. Not every day. Is there a reason behind it? I use SPF every day, except in the depths of winter. And I know you probably will tell me that's wrong because I am in front of the screen and I probably should do it every day. But I feel sometimes that my skin doesn't need it. You know, if I'm in darkness, you know, because it gets dark so early here, 
Um, no, I wouldn't disagree. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I think for the computer light element in pollution, I'm aware of it. Yeah. I think that we tend to lean on the number of the SPF a lot as a barometer to knowing what protection it is. So, for example, in Skin Shield, it's SPF 50. People see 50, they want it on their face, but we don't have UVB rays in this part of the world, let's say, from October through to April again. Yeah. So, for me, it's about having the UVA, the HEV, and the pollution element. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, I agree and I disagree. You know what I mean? so, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's respect piece as well. I think with skincare, you have to you have to shield yourself. You have to nourish it. You have to treat it as an organ. But you also have to watch your own skin and see how your skin reacts to things. So exactly, you're yeah. probably like me and you live on a computer quite a bit though, um, through part and parcel of work. So that would be my only, my <laughs> only feedback. Do you get spots? Do you have healthy skin? Has skin as ever? I know I suppose the plant element is really what intrigued your interest into skincare. Yeah. But prior to that, maybe because you're a simple girl, I don't know. Like, <laughs> where was there any time that you suffered with your own skin? No, to be honest, I think I've been quite lucky with my skin. And my granny was amazing because she taught me when I was 14 how to look after my skin. So what I did started. You say? Well, she was a big fan of Pond's cold cream. Oh, yes, of course. Um, and she, yeah, and she was amazing. Like, she died when she was 82, and her skin was incredible. Really? Yeah. And she would say her thing was cleanse and moisturize. Okay. And she would buy me products when I was 14 and taught me how to do them, use them. And were you religious with them then from that age onwards? Yeah, I think it was yeah. always a bit of a ritual. Like, it, it was always a real treat to kind of take those Time. few minutes and just look after my face. And I always felt nice after. So I think I just kept Still doing it for that reason <laughs> here's so many women 80s 90s passing away with not even a crinkle on their face and i do think a large part of it is has to be down to like intrinsic factors so or extrinsic i should say so your stress your diet yeah. all of that not to say that that generation weren't stressed but i do feel there's an awful lot of stimuli around us at the moment yeah. and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and as you touched on already we don't really connect with ourselves whereas you could argue that that generation had real conversations and didn't have the distractions of televisions and you know storytelling was a large part of their life and yeah it's just a different way of living isn't it completely what is the worst thing you have ever done to your skin Nicola Connolly I once painted a gate without wearing <laughs> a mask and I painted the gate with creosote which is now illegal yeah but did you did you paint your face thereafter? Or well, no, I <laughs> waited for the part. So where I was I face planted myself. Into yeah, the no, and I was I was doing like this, and I was going really fast, and I sprinkled it all over my face like a splashback from the yeah, brush. Of course. And I destroyed my face. Like it took about three weeks to go down. Sugar. Just red blotches on my face. Yeah, but that wins. I think you actually won the whole series on that, to be honest. <laughs> um, do you feed your skin for them? We discussed that. And makeup-wise, we haven't really touched on but when was the last time you slept in your makeup? Um, I don't really wear much makeup. You don't need it, for the record, for those that cannot see. You generally so don't. Sweet. Thank you. No, it's not sweet. It's fact, but okay. Um, yeah, so when I do, when was the last time I slept on makeup on? I think, I, I actually think it was about two months ago because I was at an event, I had makeup on and I forgot my cleanser. That's allowed. Your new cleanser, which is launching soon. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Please do tell us because I've no doubt that there'll be hundreds, if not thousands of people that will want to get more awareness of you, the brand, where, where can we find the product? Where will the two products be? Is there any yeah. way that you can direct us all together to look at it in one? Yeah, so you can head over to, so the brand's called Nunaya, and if, for anyone who's wondering how you spell that, it's N-U-N-A-I-A. So you can head over to nunaya.com, um, and we're also up on Instagram, it's at Nunaya Beauty. Um, so you can kind of learn more about our story, and there's not, lots of really nice pictures of our growers and, and everything up there. Um, and then you can find, so you can obviously order off nunaya.com as well, and you can also find us in, um, we're in Avoca, we're in the, the serums in Kilkenny, we're in Arnott's, 
uh, Cloud 10 Beauty, uh, Sea Green, um, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, I mean this from the bottom of my toes. Like, it was a pleasure to have you in. I, I have so much respect for your story. I think that there's such a credibility piece in it. And unfortunately, in this world and day and age, that's not often there. So just delighted to have you on. Thank you for your time. I really hope people do go follow over, have a look and learn so much more, interact. And I completely agree when they purchase, it won't just be, as you say, helping the skin, which is always what I talk about. But there's so many more layers beyond that you'll help. So it's a ripple effect like you spoke about at the beginning. So. Mm. Thank and thank you. And thanks so much for having me, Jen, because it's um, I am really inspired by what you're building and creating and how much value you're bringing to people in education. So it's absolutely treat to be here. Oh, we're just in love with each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I really do mean it. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Jen. Thank you for listening to the Skin Nerd podcast. Make sure to follow us so you don't miss any juicy skin confessionals. For more information on our very own skincare range, Skin Ingredients, do visit us on SkinGredients.com. Or for personalised skin advice, join The Nerd Network. Visit www.theskinnerd.com forward slash online skin consultations and use ooh, the code PODCAST10 for 10% off Nerd Network membership. Speak soon. Thank you.